Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I don't put uh, Just For Men in my beard. It is all natural. And this week I am joined uh, by my co-host and friend, and his name is Jesse. Get it? Because, yeah. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. I... Don't think I would be able to tell if you use just for men or not, because all the guys in those commercials have beards as dark as yours. So <laughs> no clue. Yeah, that would be a secret. Yeah, I uh, I'm good, man. I uh, won't have a pet eagle in my house anytime soon, though, because some kittens would probably go missing and that would be a dramatic situation around here. So, yeah, also, uh, I, I think. I think keeping an eagle is illegal. Uh, I, I want. I want to say it's probably is. If it, it feels illegal. Yeah, I mean, a lot of illegal things happen in Aurora, but uh, I think that's one that most people would generally frown upon. So, I also think they would notice pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, everybody can see into everybody's yard. We're out on the plane, so it would be in clear view, probably. Buckley would see it before anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's an uh, airport for people who don't live in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, I mean, we're gonna be talking this week about. Um, I mean, we've been doing a lot of comic booky stuff uh, recently, uh, but we're gonna be talking about the HBO series uh, uh, James Gunn produced correct uh i believe so he was the showrunner john cena produced too so. oh nice um but yeah we're gonna be talking about uh the newest hbo show uh in the dc uh cinematic universe i don't know uh, what they're doing with that but the peacemaker is what we're doing <laughs> okay so it wasn't obvious what we yeah. were up to this week <laughs> exactly yeah, man. Uh, Peacemaker, as you said, stars uh, or was by James Gunn. Jeez, I'm really on my A game this week. Uh, as by <laughs> um, and John Cena, as well as a bunch of other folks, including Danielle Brooks, Freddie Stroma, Chiwudi Uwuji. I'm slaughter that i'm sure i apologize good sir uh jennifer holland steve adji and robert patrick um with some music by clint manzel and a bunch of pretty solid tracks selected by james gunn so <laughs> um it is more or less a sequel i would say to at least as far as Peacemaker is concerned, to the Suicide Squad. We're still pronouncing it the on this show, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's no possible way to go back and check or that, verify that That whatsoever. was the verdict that we came yeah. to. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're sticking to it. Just wrapped its first season on HBO Max. And, yeah, dude, it's, it's been an onslaught of, of comic book-related stuff recently. Are you starting to get tired, Michael? I mean, mostly. I mean, it's it's mostly out of my depth because it's uh, a lot more DC stuff. So I have to do a little bit of extra research to like be able to be 
their nerdy, uh, knowledgeable comic book person in the room. So I have to try a little bit harder for DC things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of that's I mean, that's the only reason I would be tired. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, I always love a good, good, good comic book conversation just because it always gets funny and odd and weird. I mean, you say that it's extra research for you, and yet I had no idea who Peacemaker even was until I saw the Suicide Squad. And as far as DC is concerned, if it's not Batman related, I don't I don't really consider myself an expert in any regard with the rest of this. So even if Kevin does call me a DC guy, it's just it's you know. I can't back that up very well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to get into some spoiler free territory for those who haven't seen it or haven't finished it yet. Um, and I think we'll let you kick us off, dude, if you want to share how you felt about this uh, as a whole. And now that you've seen uh, the entire first season. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so spoiler th free thoughts is um, if you uh, start out like I did, I think I, I texted you and Kevin pretty like we, we discussed that we wanted to do this. Um, and I hadn't I don't think I had watched. I think I'd only watched the first episode and I was like, all right, this is all right. And then I watched the second episode and then I texted you and Kevin was like, I hate this intro. Uh, and you responded back with the uh, 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 Philip J. Fry gif of like, you know, that says like, I'm shocked, shocked. Well, not really shocked. Um, <laughs> and one of my go to's when you're <laughs> not happy with DC. So. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Um, I, so I think it, it does a really good job of. At least for me, uh, I think it does a good job of the show itself um, kind of story arc and pacing and everything else like that um, mirrors how I feel about uh, Peacemaker, the character at the start of it. I was like, what? I was like, Oh my God, what are we doing here? This is so dumb. And as time went on, I actually started really loving the show. And like at the end of it was like super into it and was loving. I loved the last few episodes and then that's kind of the same way I felt about Peacemaker, the character uh, that was, you know, played by John Cena, uh, embodied by John Cena at this point. I feel like that man just loves being Peacemaker so much. Um, yeah, he, he really is sticking to his wrestling background of he's just that character wherever he goes now. So kayfabe is alive and well in his acting career. <laughs> yeah, it's uh crazy because he did like did interviews with like as for the the, uh, the suicide oh wow he did interviews uh for the suicide squad and he did it in full uh peacemaker get up and it's kind of brought back here in the show a bit where he's like um, it's not super spoilery but he like shows up to like a a Bennigan's or something like that, like a village in, I can't remember. I don't know what it is, but he essentially shows up and that he's like in full get up and everyone else is like, dude, what are you doing? Or trying to keep a low profile. And he's like, this yeah. is who I am. Um, so uh, I, by the end of the series, just was totally in love with the character. He, he does really grow on you. 
Um, you do get to see his backstory a lot more in this, and that kind of teaches you why he is um, who he is. I do feel like a, as much as they make me love Peacemaker in the show, I do feel like his his character is a huge tonal shift from the movie uh, in the sense of just where we're en- where we end with Peacemaker in the movie uh and where we event like what we learn about peacemaker in the tv show so Uh yeah that's just just to be said is like i feel like it is a little kind of feels kind of loosey-goosey with the uh, representation and continued story arc of this character uh but overall i think it's a good show it's definitely worth it uh i mean i would love to talk a little bit i'd love to talk about the soundtrack in itself the soundtrack I think James Gunn just has like a direct uh, link to my inner music soul. Just uh-huh. so many of these tracks are amazing. Um, and they just, so many of them fit perfectly. Uh, the uh, intro song is good. I like it. The intro itself I struggled with and um, we can talk a little bit more about it, but this intro has like greater meaning. And as you watch the show, it like slowly uh, evolves and you start realizing why it's the way it is. Um, so, mm-hmm. and the cat, the, it's, it's a really great supporting cast too. I have to be clear. Uh, there's a lot of inter, uh, a lot of inter relationships between the characters. Um, they, I don't feel like anyone really gets pushed to the side that isn't like just kind of there as a, what's her, uh, what's her face's wife kind of just gets really shoved to the side, but that's because she's not supposed to, she's not part of the main cast. Uh, so, but I do really feel like everyone gets their own time. Everyone gets their own beats. Everyone gets their own stories. Everyone kind of grows and changes as a human being. And it's really nice. Uh, some people grow and change and uh, in the right way, even though they uh, don't grow and change at all. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the spoilers version, mm. but yeah, it's good. I love it. It's fun stuff. I mean, it's fun. It's fun if you can get past like the first two episodes. It just slowly kind of gets better and better. And then like the last few episodes is just really, really fun. A, a quick side note is that I feel like every time we talk about a superhero show and there are some Marvel ones that we haven't gotten to yet. And that will be discussed in future episodes. But <laughs> I feel like we always are like, yeah, those first couple episodes just were kind of... Eh, and then it really started to get going after that. So I, maybe that that's just the groundwork for these superhero shows. They gotta find their footing and before they can take off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude. Uh, it's funny when I sent you that Philip J. Fry gif. I thought you were just talking about the show in general. Mm-hmm because i i hadn't seen it yet and hadn't seen the intro uh and (laughs) the choreographed dance number that everybody has become obsessed with and so i that was kind of lost on me uh in hindsight and so (laughs) i i don't think that was the appropriate use of that gift now um i think yeah man you're you're right on the money here in terms of you know how i felt about the show as well um i was surprised by how much fun i had with this and i think james gunn is i think he's the undisputed king now of 
movie and uh, TV show soundtracks. Uh, I, I'm I'm awarding that to him. If not a, a I, title been that's been held previously by guys like you know acclaimed directors like Marty Scorsese, Quentin wow. Tarantino, but I can't think of anyone who's as reliable these days for just not only finding great tracks but usually unheralded tracks that aren't as well known or as popular Mm -hmm. and also ones that he ties into his story and to his characters as well i mean i i just can't think of anyone who's better at that than he is I mean, just the the like the last scene in episode six that mm-hmm. the song "Monster" by uh, uh, Oh yeah, uh, Reckless Love um, yeah. just perfectly fits. Like I was jamming out to that uh, on my walks to work every for for like the like the next week or two, mm-hmm. just because it was so the the imagery was so solid, the music was solid, and it was just such a great song, and it was just impressive, and I was just like wow, this is wonderful band. This band is probably like, thank God someone's listening to this music and it's like really uplifting it to this degree. Yeah. And I mean, I, do you want to taste it? Wigwam is probably bigger now than it was when that band released that song. I am just speculating, but I, yeah, he really has given a lot of these, these great tracks, some new life. And it makes me happy for those artists, but happy for me too because like you said it's it's great to listen to and just everyday things i i have it on at work when i'm preparing government documents all the time to make things more interesting so i uh i yeah i i think he is the best at that um it's also just interesting to me with where john cena has come how far along he's come as an actor wrestlers and acting is always an interesting concept in and of itself especially for wwe superstars because when you work for vince mcmahon you often do as much if not more acting than you do wrestling which is kind of a mind fuck since it's a wrestling company but um we've had you know a lot of stars who have tried their hands at this and i think the results have varied <laughs> to say the least um hulk hogan you know mr nanny thunder in paradise uh suburban commando which we brought up on this show previously. I um, was frozen today. Uh, I, terrible is, I think, a kind word to you <laughs> for him and his acting career. Uh, but then you have somebody like Roddy Piper, who, you know, he had a starring role in John Carpenter's They Live. And he oh, had gosh, so good. that great line, I'm, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Um and then somebody like Steve Austin, who has kind of dabbled in acting. He's never really, I think, been as big of a star or anywhere close to as big of a star there as he was in wrestling or just, you know, as he has been stone cold. Um, somebody like The Rock, obviously, has had a ton of success and is probably financially or commercially at least the most successful wrestler turned actor 
Um, but I've had I've had some good experiences with his movies where I've had a good time. I also have had a lot of bad experiences, mm-hmm. and I think I still have a pretty rancid taste in my mouth from watching Jungle Cruise, um, which I thought was just awful. And then, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, Jesse Ventura and Predator was good. My man Dave, I think, has really worked hard to hone his craft, as we've talked about. Uh, so I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, even somebody like uh, Sasha Banks, who had a pretty prominent uh, supporting role in Mandalorian Season 2 as part of the, the Night Owls with uh, Bo-Katan. So... It's you just never really know what you're gonna get. And in the case of Cena, I the first movie I ever saw him in was The Marine, which was <laughs> a WWE Studios produced action film, and it was just fucking awful, dude, in almost every conceivable way. Also starring Robert Patrick as an antagonist, which I think <laughs> is pretty funny, and we'll I'll touch on that more in a bit, but. I, I saw that movie and I was like, I mean, I feel like I kind of know what to expect from him if this is any any indication of his acting career. Uh, then I saw him in Sisters, uh, the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler comedy, and he played a drug dealer that Tina Fey was infatuated with, and he just played that completely straight. And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Maybe he can find his footing doing stuff like this. And then he was in Bumblebee, which is the only Transformers movie I've liked ever, maybe. Um, And I thought he did a pretty good job in that. So I was like, okay, maybe if he can just find roles where he can just kind of be his larger-than-life personality and he doesn't have to do that much, maybe he's, you know, going to build himself... A nice little career here. Um, and then the, the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, um, that made sense to me. And he, for 90% of that movie, he lived up to what I expected from him. You know, if you're going to cast somebody who's going to embody the idea of over exaggerated American machismo, like Cena's your guy. Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't cast much better than that for that type of role. And then we got to the end of that movie and, you know, no spoilers for those who haven't seen it, but he just displayed an edge to that character and like these qualities and, you know, this range that I wasn't really expecting from him. And then I was like, okay, all right, John, maybe, maybe, maybe you've got something here. Well, I wasn't really prepared for that. And so going into Peacemaker, dude, um, I was hoping to see more of that from him. And I feel like just over the course of this season, he displayed an emotional depth and range that I personally did not think he was capable of, you know, in a dramatic slash, you know, comedic role. And just coming away from it, feeling, you know, pretty blown away by what he was able to accomplish here. Um, I think he just, you know, took this character to places that, you know, 
made people sympathize with a sociopath basically from what we're what we got to know him as in the first movie and added layers to that character that now he's like one of my favorite characters in the entire dceu um baby number one potentially <laughs> so it's it's just an incredible accomplishment for a guy who hasn't had a lot of experience in roles like this and i mean kudos to him and kudos to james gunn for pulling it off yeah i think he, he, i try to think back on all the other roles i've seen him in and i do really believe that like you were saying at the end of this, you were just like, oh, wow, this is this particular game or game. <laughs> <laughs> this particular uh, role seems to fit him so well that it was over the top. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But then he was able to just pull out full stop. No, no holds bar, a super serious moment at the end. And then throughout this entire um, series, he was able to do it again and again and like kind of do these emotional moments and flip between uh you know totally uh totally messing with somebody call you know being a misogynistic uh mm -hmm. asshole uh but then like showing that he does have like this beautiful heart of gold and then behind that beautiful heart of gold there is this just destroyed and broken little boy um who just yeah. wants his father's approval so yeah and i agree with you on i mean it is a a, a massive shift from where he was at the end of the, God, I have to keep saying it, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> but, uh, and if it were someone else running this besides James Gunn, I probably would have been like, eh, it seems like there might still be some dissension amongst the ranks at, at DC and Warner Brothers, and there probably still very much is. But since it was gun who is still steering the ship here i can only imagine this was the arc he had intended for that character um when they were going to be able to continue this story in this uh hbo max series so i i feel like i i it is a giant shift but i don't think it's unwarranted and i feel that they really do a good job like you said of explaining why he is the way he is just raised by the absolute embodiment of bigotry and intolerance and just all the worst possible qualities you can have in a father and a character with seemingly no uh no uh you know sense of uh right from wrong and his body but um and it's a really good performance, I think, too, by Patrick. But um, yeah, it's uh, it it really does just do a good job of you know pulling the curtain back and um, developing this character. Who you know, yeah, he's done a lot of bad things. He's done some bad shit, um, but there's a reason for that. And even the events in the Suicide Squad you know, had an impact on him and he's got some trauma from what happened there. And I just think that they get you to a point where you understand all 
of that and you just start to kind of get behind this guy and want better things for him and i think that's a testament to to cena and his work here and because you always knew you know we knew from the movie that he was just gonna fucking go for it in all the ridiculous <laughs> ways and in all the action scenes and he very much does and i'm sure the ladies are happy that there's scenes of him just walking around in his fucking underwear um not that he's used to never not used to having a shirt off or anything but uh hey hey now jesse that that's that's unfair <laughs> i bet some i bet some gentlemen were also very happy about that yes you're, you're <laughs> correct let's let's play let's make sure gender equality here um yes uh yeah i i don't blame them the dude is fucking as ripped as ever but uh yeah dude uh just it's it was really impressive um and i think it's just hard now to imagine anyone else in this role you know besides cena and i that's a testament and a credit to who has become a good actor. And that is not something I had on my bingo card this year <laughs> or any year uh, after my uh, early viewings of you know his previous work. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, do we want to maybe head into spoiler stuff? I feel like we're kind of clear if, if you don't, weren't sure about it now and listen to us. I mean, it is great and wonderful and it is well worth the watch. I feel like if you um, kind of get, get past a little bit of the campiness of it and the over the topness of peacemakers or John Cena's uh, peacemaker, I think it's worth the watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, spoilers are good. Uh, I think we can jump into those now. Um, <laughs> I mean, here's a spoiler for you. Um, my wife and I, love this intro and it has become you know one of those unskippable ones that we always are excited to see again and even to the point where we started busting out some of these dance moves unexpectedly and spontaneously at our house so yeah I'd, I'd say we're pretty big fans that's good um, I hate the dance uh, <laughs> but be, I mean like I just I get the imagery, I get the uh, like the points that it makes. Um, as I said before, it is interesting to see uh, the fir the intro is just kind of weird and goofy. And then as you watch it, as you watch the show and then watch the intro, I do feel like like I stopped uh, skipping it um, after episode three, I think it was um, just because I did start noticing uh, I remembered like certain parts of the intro. And kind of going back and like remembering that there was parts of the show that were evolving and changing. And it was like, oh, and I started watching it because it was interesting to see what parts got clarified in sequences and staging mm -hmm. that made the intro so much more. And you start noticing more as you watch the show and watch the intro. So I say don't skip the intro as you're going on, but keep that in mind. Um, like... Yeah. Again, we're in spoilers here. So the whole the fast cut between um, Peacemaker's uh, father and then him with a gun, uh, that right there is huge. Uh, after a particular episode, I think what episode seven or is it six? Um, but after after Peacemaker does kill his father in the show, 
that scene that that intro that cut becomes suddenly like oh gosh that's a reference that was foreshadowing that was that was them hiding that in our in the very front in the very first you know few moments of the show and they showed us they showed it to us and we didn't understand it until this point so and so many of the dances being like oh well they're like puppets on strings and you see like peacemaker uh like struggling to hold up um uh what's his name um kendo master judo, judo master okay there we go so, all right i was incorrect uh but like you watch him like hold up uh judo master and he's like shivering and shaking and yeah. at the time i like the first time i saw that i was just like oh it's because you know he's doing this dance and it's just something they couldn't cut out because it was like the best one of him like lifting him up but then you like think about it and you're like oh no it's because he's like wavering he's wavering on his beliefs mm -hmm. and judo master is is actually somebody that helped him get to that point and he's trying to hold up the this ideal and so it's like it's that i love i love that after after watching the intro and after understanding that the intro was less about the stupid dancing and the awkward kind of things. It was more about the entire show as the theme. I actually enjoyed it a lot more. I still don't like the dancing. I still think it looks dumb and stupid and it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was hoping that they would do something more like kind of paying homage to the music uh, that they were doing in the show and do kind of more of like that eighties, nineties kind of um, hair metal aesthetic of a music video. So yeah yeah but well and i think that's all by design by gun too i think he wanted it to be kind of stupid uh and he wanted it to be like ridiculous and out there and all these things because that's what the show is like and he wants i'm sure he wants people to watch this so that you know they're not skipping those opening credits and that you know the people who worked on this are you know get their you know moment in the sun i guess so that you know people know all those names and such so it's, yeah it's it's supposed to be that way so I, i'm not saying you're wrong mm -hmm. i'm saying you're probably right on the money and i think it just kind of depends on how you feel about you know if it works for you great and if not well it was designed purposefully so, yeah you know. it, it has reason behind yeah and it does have reason behind it i just yeah um i think yeah to your point that sequence between robert patrick um whose character i'm also blanking on um at least in terms of his comic uh his super villain but uh, uh white dragon white dragon thank you um <laughs> between white dragon and peacemaker yeah and i i would be curious to kind of go back now and see what other little tidbits you know might might lead to other developments in the show um i was a little surprised that he killed off or that they killed off robert patrick in the first season but it was kind of they were just building towards that a showdown i guess the whole season mm -hmm. uh, from the very first episode even because it's clear right from the get-go that his dad really wants nothing to do with him and disapproves of him and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah 
and you learn why, of course, and it just makes you hate <laughs> White Dragon more and, you know, feel more sympathy for Peacemaker. But yeah, um, I thought that was a surprise, especially because you didn't really get to see him in costume for that long. Um, he dons his armor just the one time, and then that's pretty much it for him. And I thought maybe that would be, you know, a rivalry or a, a villain or an antagonist protagonist relationship that would continue for season two. But uh, unless they're going to do the comic book thing and bring him back from the dead, that's that's not going to be happening because he dead, Michael. I, I mean, I think he potentially could be still maybe not uh, in the traditional sense of a protagonist, um i'm not sure on the literary term for what it would what he would be uh yeah. but i bet this i'll bet they'll keep bringing him back in like that kind of mentally um uh the illusion the i'm trying to think of the right word wow yeah, uh the hallucination Halluc thing. yeah there i think yeah i guess hallucin hallucination would be correct yeah hallucination of him in those instances where we see him in the woods where he's you know uh, yeah. tries to kill him again blows uh, a dart and like we can see that he's clearly he's sitting on the porch at the end and right over and his his dad sitting next to him mm -hmm. like it's it's clear i think that he's going to be if when we go into season two of this that he's going to be a reoccurring character um in even just the questioning the being an asshole that type of stuff so yeah i think that's a credit to the show too isn't that they're gonna keep that relationship in the fold because obviously it has had a lot to do with who peacemaker is and you know even still you know what's currently happening in his life um so it it, it makes sense to keep that character around and to keep robert patrick in the fold um but it's a credit to the show that they're doing it in a way that i think subverts probably what you expected or at least what i expected was going to take place so good for them yeah um but yeah uh his dad's a real piece of shit <laughs> so i'm not sorry that he's dead um i wonder if there will be any fallout from any of his guys but it, it seemed like they pretty much killed most of them too so i think that might be it for that that particular white supremacist group <laughs> yeah um, that's 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 very fair yeah um i think i judo master was still alive though right because he got um, or was he dead i i'm not entirely sure he he could be dead he could be coming back it was interesting he, he uh, seemed like he was hard to kill regardless. yeah well that's that's why i don't want to say he was just dead because i think it was it was kind of fun that he was like seem to like just not keep dying um mm. so <laughs> i guess i guess we'll see but mm -hmm. uh how did you feel uh because we have also um who turns out to be uh autobio is the daughter of waller um so how how did you like her how did you like uh some of these other supporting characters mm -hmm. you know vigilante uh uh, Amelia, uh, etc. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll run through the core team. Um, uh, Ata Autobio, 
Um, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, she was fun. It was she. I the uh, actress herself, uh, Daniel Brooks. Yep. Um, I she was great. She was pretty funny. I enjoyed her a lot. Uh, she had a very she she had real good team timing. I feel like um, and just kind of her facial expressions and just who she the character she was portraying was really great. Um, the character itself, uh, Amanda Waller having a dollar is pretty cool. I guess um, I like the idea that. You know, times are hard, so we got to call my mom. And th- my mom decides that this is the best possible way to do something with me. Seems like mm-hmm. a very Amanda Waller type thing to do. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she was fun. She was cool. Um, I do like the fact that her and Peacemaker, like, make the, like, slowly develop this, um, this friendship based around her just kind of seeing that he is actually a, uh, pretty good guy and things like that. Yeah. Um, John. Uh, she was kind of the first one to befriend him on the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she was, yeah. And the first one that kind of saw him like, like was the first chink in the overall armor. I feel like of the team because all the rest of them are like hardened black ops agency type thing. So they know that like making friends isn't the best way to do it because you might have to turn around and kill that person at some point. And she's so new that she didn't know these types of things. So yeah, yeah that's good. Um, John uh, Economos. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Jeez. If I don't know how to say it, I'm uh, Economos. Um, yeah. Uh, the the uh, inspiration for your beard joke. Yeah. Beard right. Joke. Uh, did the just for men's uh, Steve. Uh, Agi, again, <laughs> terrible at names. Uh, but... Yeah, we we suck at names on the show. Sorry, <laughs> um, actors. Yeah, but he came from. I mean, he came from the Suicide Squad movie, so that was kind of fun. Yep. Uh, he he is a comic book character. Um, unlike uh, unlike Waller's daughter, um, so that that was kind of cool. He's you know on Suicide Squad stuff. He was all right. I. The character, I, I kind of felt bad because it just felt like he was just a punching bag. Um, him mm-hmm. breaking his leg at the end, I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, oh, yeah, was... <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, all right, that's how we're like, quote unquote, taking this guy out of the fight for a, a moment or two. That's kind of weird." Uh, he was all right. I didn't love him as much as the rest of them, but I think that's kind of the point of that, how they wrote him and how they portrayed him. Um, well, and the whole beard thing that actor actually had to dye his beard for the movie and yeah. didn't want to do it again. So Gunn turned it into a running joke and Cena, like the the actor, not, not yeah. the wrestler, uh, felt that it was not funny, and but it also added to how much, of a, you know, the Peacemaker is kind of a, piece of shit too you know yeah and is using him as a punching bag and so that they threw that in there and then it kind of gets to gets them to that point where you know peacemaker realizes what he's been doing and how he's mm-hmm. been treating this guy has been pretty awful so yeah so i mean yeah as a character arc and like a growth thing he, he his beard kind of got fridged in this i feel like it was a sacrifice to develop peacemaker's personality more yeah. Um, cause I didn't find the jokes funny and I just, I, it just made me feel like, wow, peacemakers are bully because there were times when he did do funny things. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, Amelia Harcourt, 
uh, is another staple of the comics with the Suicide Squad and stuff. Um, yeah. Solid uh, depiction from uh, Jennifer Holland. Yes. Uh, so I think that was really good. I like the cold calculatingness. I like the slow, slowly warming up to everybody. That was really solid. Um, and then uh she's actually i think she's engaged to james gunn now oh really yeah which is yeah fun well stuff. shucks i know sorry <laughs> nerds your your new crush is spoken for <laughs> yeah um no i mean i think they're all really great uh who am i reading i feel like there's another character uh what's his face vigilante oh yeah oh yeah okay yeah that's your vigilante um just because I, I had him as like completely off of the team. Isn't there one more? There's one person on the team. There's oh, well, there was Mern and he Mern. Thank you. Yes. Squad leader, I guess. Yeah. Squad leader um, who turns out to be a butterfly, which was kind of fun and cool. Oh, yeah. um, he was cool. I liked his character. Um, I liked the whole. Uh, him being in charge and just being like, geez, like, it's just like the constantly fucking up. <laughs> so much so much this being fucked up and he's trying to do his best to get everything fucking under control and nothing seemed to be so he he does exasperated pretty well i'd say mm -hmm. I, I was pretty happy with him um, yeah and yeah that was that was a fun little development and again not not what you think it's gonna be because you figure you see that he's a butterfly and you just assume well, he's probably a double agent, I guess, then. And he's going to try and sabotage these guys. And then that turns out not to be the case. Yeah. And the entire story around the butterflies is also so interesting. Like the whole concept of that. They they are wanting to do better for us. Uh, mm -hmm. That was kind of fun because you just think um, the one he captures. Uh, Goff? Goff. That's right. Yep. Um that one, like that whole thing of like being like, no, we're like, we're doing this because we, this happened to us. We did this to our own planet. And now we're going to like essentially force you to be better like we should have done. And yeah. that was kind of cool is like essentially the real conflict is not because the aliens are trying to take they like they're trying to take over, but they're all still trying to do good by us. And it's just pushing us in the right direction. But there's still alien. There's still like the few aliens that are like, no, they should just make their own choices, which is an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm always a little hesitant with you know the whole um, aliens essentially taking over and assuming humans as you know hosts type of storyline because it's been done a bunch of times and you know it don't want it to just be another retread but they they did find a good a happy medium i think for something familiar but also something fresh and i mean they're not wrong that humans kind of suck and have been fucking up a lot and i think especially with current events and you know coming out of covid and all that it's it's really easy to to see that rationale and that logic and that gives you know that entire story arc that that lends it a lot of credence and validity and so i thought it, it was good it was gross too yeah. in classic james gunn style mm -hmm. 
it was solid. I mean, like the whole climbing the throats, even crushing them. The like I said, that the closing scene for uh, episode six with the monster thing, like that was so solid. Like the entire, like the cuts, the mm-hmm. action part, it was good. So compliments to that crew, the the special effects crew for that, and yeah, uh, and for both. What I feel, I think I, there, I saw there was some practical stuff in there, but also like the CGI with all the the butterflies themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's only I think Goff had the last of the the amber at the mm-hmm. end there, so I don't know. We'll see how long yeah. the last butterfly makes it. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Goth is like, and it also looks like Goth is the only butterfly that lived. So now, or at yeah. least is the only one in that area. Uh, the rest of them are across the world and kind of they're all just going to slowly die out. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. sad note. Yeah, they're at the poor. James Gunn aliens in his DC movies just mm-hmm. they're victims almost. Yeah. Right. What was the 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 the, the giant star in the first one again? They're in the Suicide Squad. Oh yes, uh, Staru the Destroyer. Yeah, about there was that line about oh I just like floating and looking at the stars. <laughs> right, Star Staru the Conqueror. That's it, not yeah. the destroyer. So he does he does a good job giving these these gross these grosser ridiculous aliens some some empathy, which yeah. I appreciate. And let's uh, I think that's actually a good segue. Let's talk to about somebody who seems to have almost no empathy in the world whatsoever. Vigilante. <laughs> yeah, straight sociopath. That guy. Yeah, but, also, but kind of funny, and then kind of not. And then kind of sweet, but also kind of a dick bag. So he's he's a Rubik's cube of a character in, in some ways. Yeah, it's just, it is interesting to me that it just goes back. He he's like so wildly swings, and I definitely know I saw some stuff that they like did a lot of like uh, um, improv type stuff on set where they were running through things. So I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those scenes I do feel like went on way too long. Some of the moments weren't really good. Um, Especially in the season, like when they're yeah. at the restaurant and stuff. Yeah, there's, it's kind of, I, I feel like sometimes Gunn, I think this is a thing about his acting. He he has like this whole fun, again, I props to him for making, shooting fun, making, and it's like, you can tell again, these actors like this, uh, like this whole thing. They liked doing this. Um, they had this passion and he was very uh, similar with uh, you see it's very similar with Guardians where you know his entire cast comes out and is like no we support him when he was stupidly canceled um, yeah for very old comments that he like has subsequently apologized for uh, but like he clearly makes a fun set but I do feel like sometimes he kind of lets it go on for too long or like he finds something particularly funny and lets it happen. And then it's kind of just like, oh, this isn't that actually funny. And I feel like vigilante kind of got that with some of the moments with uh, Cena and peacemate as peacemaker. It was just like, okay, come on, let's, let's wrap it up here, boys. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you said, I, that's just a stylistic choice. Uh, and, you know, part of his, you know, direction when he's doing comedy which every james gunn work has that darker comedy especially when he can 
just unshackle himself from any any censorship by what marvel will allow in their movies you know um so either if you're with that or it's just you know it becomes kind of grating i agree i think especially for vigilante that some of that stuff went on for too long and i didn't particularly find it that amusing all the time really where i think the characters started to work for me though was one of those first few episodes I, when the team is going to assassinate that family of butterflies, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peacemaker's still dealing with some shit after what he went through on, you know, being part of Waller's suicide squad and is carrying around that trauma and can't, can't, you know, follow through with, uh, you know, assassinating some children, even, despite his catchphrase that I'll kill, you know, it doesn't matter how many men, women, and children I have to kill for peace or, uh, or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, is struggling with that still, but then vigilante can just walk up and, and just casually just, you know, start sniping yep. them through the head one by one. Like it, it's nothing. And it really kind of showcased that character is, well, he's kind of goofy and you might love or hate that, but he has no fucking qualms about just capping, you know, an entire family right through the right through the skull, and he'll just walk away and continue to make jokes after that. And I thought that was that was the first time I think in the show where that character worked for me, and I felt that he improved overall uh, after that. Yeah, and I think I think that's like you're talking about that moment and then the moment in the prison scene where he's like specifically trying to goad uh peacemaker's father into fighting him so he can uh, kill him in prison for peacemaker's oh, wow. sake um <laughs> but like those moments like th- i feel like he really works and then like the moments where he's in the car with him and he's just like being like ah, ha, ha, ha. you know i mean i'm like you know you're your best friend and you know i i i you know eagle also there but you know and then like you know all these other you know he's just like trying to yuck it up and it's just like dude shut the fuck up like please stop like you're yeah. i get it you're emotionally unstable clearly and have uh some sort of flip like this very interesting moral compass mm-hmm. um but it's you're please stop talking you're making me hate you which is sad because i really love some of the scenes that he is in like you were saying yeah i think he is just one of those characters that in different moments is going to change how you feel about him and i i suppose that was what they were going for sometimes that works better than it does in other instances i think we're on the same page there. But to your point, like, too, like, the whole reason he got arrested and went into prison so he could kill Peacemaker's dad is because Autobio just offhand mentions to him, ah, he, that guy would probably be better off without his father around. And so he's just trying to do something to help his friend in his own twisted, sick kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, there is, you know, some aspects to his character that are, you know, I suppose you could say, you know, make him more redeemable than others, but it just kind of gets lost in his, 
endless endless onslaught of ridiculousness <laughs> yeah but overall i i was surprised i i if i understand correctly and i don't know how familiar you are with him from the comics because i again don't know that really anything but mm -hmm. just from what i've read he's a lot more of a sociopath than he is in the source material uh yeah i mean in doing research on him he seems kind of he he started out as like a part of the teen titans comic uh line and stuff um and kind of had a very similar thing where he, he's 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 kind of like the res, the the response to the punisher um mm -hmm. i mean that's what happened i mean that's what the, all these comics companies do is they kind of uh you know oh you have this comic guy that's selling really well i'm gonna we're gonna release um somebody similar uh yeah yeah so he kind of is a little bit of a psychopath but i feel like he's i feel he's more justified in the comics if i remember correctly with his origin story um he uh like loses his family in a similar way and therefore he has to do it again but also there's been like a thousand different vigilantes so maybe that's the specific one um that's kind of the problem is that i think there's eight or so uh mm -hmm. different ones that like call themselves vigilante so it's hard yeah. to say which one from which uh which one we're talking about <laughs> yeah i uh i want to talk about a couple of things just in regards to the the production of the show as well um if you thought the Suicide Squad had a lot of gratuitous violence, you have not seen a gorilla <laughs> be slaughtered by a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> because that's what happened here. And it just, I'd say, continued that trend from the movie. Um, if not tried to one-up it in almost every conceivable way. Um and if it worked for you, um, and if you like James Gunn's style, I think you'd appreciate it here. If gratuitous violence wears on you, I, it's probably going to be something that you struggle with. And I, I kind of go back and forth between that. Sometimes it works, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where you land, but that that's. I mean, I'm it was fun. That. It was. I mean, I enjoy. <laughs> So this it's funny that you say they bring this up. Um, I enjoy the I appreciate the fact that they they cared to do those types of things. Um, I actually found uh, I think it was three continu continuity errors in the show itself sure. um, that made me go back and like rewatch it. Um, one of which was when they're doing the whole like them the they're um, blowing off steam shooting the gun thing. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, I can't. I think it's Peacemaker shoots his handgun remind you handgun which fires a bullet one bullet at a thing he shoots it at that thing and then when it clicks to the next scene it's like riddled with a whole bunch of bullet holes um which implies that it was shot by a shotgun type look with like a spread and like uh, multiple pellets so that really yeah. bugged me because I was like, we're going to do all this gun porn. You can't even get the gun porn right. Like if that's the, sh if you wanted that shot, then have him shoot a shotgun. They were throwing grenades. Like, I don't understand why we're doing this. And there was like a few others where it's just like, that wouldn't, the, the, what they're doing there doesn't make sense for 
what they're actually depicting. And I know it's like minor things like that, but also a really big one um, with the anti-gravity helmet uh, wasn't the correct helmet. They did that wrong. The sequence of when them talking about the helmets and I went back and rewatched it several times and I'm so I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm right on this. Uh, It isn't the anti-gravity helmet that flies away or they named the helmets wrong while they were pointing them out because it's like the third or fourth helmet. I can't remember what sequence, how many helmets is in, but essentially the Mm. one that they call the anti-gravity helmet is not the one that flies away. It's actually the helmet before it that flies away and it has the same coloring. So just like I I saw those and I was, those just like that can maybe tell you how much I was paying attention to the dialogue was when I was noticing things like that and was just like, wait, (laughs) hold on a moment. Um, And then yeah, you were laser focused. Yeah. And then like, I think there was, there was kind of a weird continuity thing where I feel like the timeline that was depicted for the butterfly assassin, um, yeah. reading the documents and then like attacking him didn't really line up from what he said it was. So that just kind of, you know, things like that, but yeah, maybe oh, less I- improv and maybe <laughs> less continuity errors. Yeah, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I didn't pick up on some of that. Um, I overall, I I thought the action was good and entertaining, and I, Gun usually delivers in that regard. And the shots are typically you know nice and wide, and you can see everything. And it's much to you know your own disgust if <laughs> the gratuitousness isn't for you. But uh, yeah, uh, just some my thought was continued from the movie and worth bringing up here um another thing i just wanted to discuss with you real quick because i know you're a big time behind the scenes guy and uh, Mm -hmm. effects guy uh the eagly uh his pet eagle uh all done digitally um and i just i i thought it was pretty well done overall Look, it looks like a pet eagle if someone <laughs> had one to me. So, I mean, I saw it and it was, uh, it was very clear that it was CGI the entire time. I sure. feel like, or at least, I mean, I don't want to. Well, say, yeah, I mean, yeah, when an eagle hugs a guy, it's like, <laughs> good saw, luck training saw, an eagle to do that. <laughs> I saw a guy hug an eagle. I thought, I thought it was a sign. You didn't think it was a sign to leave? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was good I, yeah. I saw they did have to remove like some of the the production people from the reflection on peacemaker's helmet whenever he was looking at eagerly which it's i mean i just like stuff like that i think it's interesting yeah i mean it's the same thing that you ran into with um captain what was her name in the star wars movie captain phasma or something like that uh, yeah that's that's right i think yeah so they they if you notice in the first star wars uh movie that she was in her suit was like really it was still chrome but it wasn't you know witness me shiny chrome mm-hmm. um and then in the next one it was because essentially the technology is advanced for has has advanced um to allow them to be able to do something where you look in the first movie that she's in and it's kind of like a dull chrome and then the second movie it's like shiny as all you know shiny as all hell uh and so it's just kind of fun to look at that and see um the advancement of technologies that now they can do stuff where they can take people out of those type that level of reflection 
um, in yeah. such a short period of time. So I think that's probably the same type of stuff that they used for his helmets because um, they could actually take him. They could take people out and that allowed them to be able to do that shiny, that, that level of shine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bad Phasma. What a dumb character, but that's another conversation for another time. Probably. Um, I, I feel like an underused character is not dumb character. In the sense that it she didn't get any, she didn't get a fair stake. I feel like, yeah. Talk about a character all for show. Jeez. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's cool that they can do that. I think it, it makes more things like this possible um, and that you don't have to you know, avoid certain shots because it's going to you know, destroy the illusion or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, there was just one other thing I wanted to talk about unless you had something else production wise, spoiler wise, you wanted to dive into real quick. I mean, not really. No, um, I'm, I'll just uh, my, the only thing I wanted to talk about was the comic book origins, but that's, yeah. you know, par for the course with these types of things. So what of do course, you got? Of course. Um, so the final episode, um, they make allusions to Justice League throughout the show. Um, Peacemaker has some less than favorable opinions about the various members, including I thought the Batman stuff was pretty hilarious. <laughs> the, you, they just get out of prison again and kill more people. Ooh, what a great idea. It's um, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, you're not wrong, dude. Um, Very valid point. Yeah. Um, so they, they have the Justice League cameo at the end, um, and you get that quick exchange between flash in between aquaman because ezra miller and jason momoa are still part of this and (laughs) they have upcoming movies that dc is releasing um when gunn filmed this he did also include stand-ins uh for batman and for cyborg because there of course were stand-ins for superman and wonder woman as well um warner brothers later asked him to remove batman and cyborg um because it was going to mess up uh some future or what he thought that they have some plans for in the dceu that they didn't want messed up i guess um and it almost i mean this scene almost didn't even happen and i i was surprised that warner let him do this in the first place but it just it was a quick reminder that things are still very messy in dc <laughs> outside of this and outside of matt reeves you know contained batman universe that he's being allowed to build and so it's just I don't know, man. It, it it's just a, another another instance where clearly there's there's some things happening here, and a reminder that you know it's it's not all it's not all good yet, but everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no. It seems like it's it seems like a really messy custody battle going on. Is really yeah. what's happening. Yeah, they they can't agree on the split and who gets the kids on the weekends and who's going to see him after school, who gets to pick him up. You know? 
are are we gonna have who's gonna spend holidays with who and it's i don't know it (laughs) it's it is what it is at this point um it's just baffling to me still that we're still having you know these problems um and maybe that will cease you know and they'll they'll have a clearer picture after this next slate of movies they have coming out but Ah, it's it's frustrating to say the least. Yeah, no, it it, it is. <laughs> I don't yeah. even like the movies that I think it's frustrating. Yeah, and uh, I what I thought was kind of cool about it though was that um, they filmed Ezra Miller's cameo, who of course plays the Flash, on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which was kind of a favor that Marvel did for DC because Marvel tested um, uh, the guy who played, geez, I can't fucking remember names this episode. Everybody, I'm sorry. Uh, Mern's character tested, or Mern, the Mern character, that actor tested for uh, Guardians 3 and what was allowed to do that on the DC set. So, Oh, it's like oh, see you guys. You can play nice. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, I, I guess you could say that when someone's just raking in the raking in the money. I mean, how how much of a threat is the DCEU? Oh, that, the I mean, yeah. When you're owned by fucking Disney, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the competition is doing. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be making the Benjamins regardless. Yeah. So I don't know, just. I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Um, and I saw people freaking out about this, and I hadn't seen it yet. But you know, people are assholes, and they they talk about shit on social media and spoil things. But like speculation that James Gunn might do a Justice League movie now, and you know, there's still all the Snyder fans Ugh. out there, and it's I don't know, it's. <laughs> Even I, even as someone who enjoyed the Snyder Cut, I'm just kind of, it's just, it's always drama filled, and you know, at this point, I, even for me, I'm, I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> just, can we just move on. Can we just have some clarity here? Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're we're weary. We we. We're ready. We're ready, ready for some closure here. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. So just wanted to touch on that real quick. Um, so let's get into some comic lore. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, interestingly enough, I kind of like what they've been doing. Uh, James Gunn has done this, but also I feel the the companies in charge of them have started realizing that if you take these like major huge characters, people really care a lot about them and then kind of do what we do, which is we to, uh, kind of kind of crap on <laughs> the depictions. But then you take mm-hmm. a character like Peacemaker. Uh, I think Moonlight is kind of in that same realm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, when that came out, um, people were like, Guardians, what? And I knew about them, but that was only because I remember reading one comic book my dad had um, that had like a really it was a hollow foil uh, front cover and it was Guardians of the Galaxy and none of them 
were in the movie. So it's a whole thing. But I, I like them kind of taking these lesser known characters and being able to actually really do an interesting story with them that doesn't have to hard follow uh, the comic book origins. I mean, you look at the comic book origins specifically for Peacemaker. Um, he was a actually and this is fun. Um, actually came from Charl uh, Charlton Comics, American comic book publisher in the like founded in 1940s, uh, went defunct in the um, 1980s. Uh, so they were kind of around with with Marvel and DC, um, obviously before those both were called that and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to see a character come from what was and and dc eventually bought out charlton comics they had like this whole thing where he was a his original origins was that he was a um peaceful diplomat and it was like i think it was actually in a it was a um like a back end of a comic so he wasn't part of like their like the whole overall story he was kind of just like another character they threw in as like an idea Mm -hmm. and he uh was just a he was a diplomat that believed in peace and was a super genius and apparently made uh, and he believed in 100 percent peace uh and was a complete pacifist um apparently and yeah. i say this and he then subsequently also in his free time because he's a pacifist and this is what apparently pacifists do made non-lethal weapons so he could combat people and force them into peace um <laughs> uh, which is it's just a weird it, it is, it, you know, it's the whole like he points out we point out in the Suicide Squad where he's like, I'll kill everybody to get peace. Like, that's what I ultimately want. Um, yeah. So he's kind of a weird, goofy character when he was in Charlton. Uh, he just did a bunch of like he fought terrorists was really his big thing. Uh, eventually, though, when uh, he was brought into the D.C. Uh, stuff, he was actually brought in via uh, one of the crisis events. Um and like uh, a lot of other characters from Charlton, that's what they kind of do every once in a while with crisis events. They slam all the worlds together and go like, oh, sure. no, this other comic book company. They were actually just a, a different, a different Earth than DC one. And now they're here. Uh, so he kind of got reimagines where his father was like a Nazi, which is I feel like is pretty it kind of fits with the origins that they gave him here in the um, show is that his father was an asshole uh and yeah. you know this one he's a uh nazi all over again and uh neo-nazi type stuff but in the originals he was a nazi uh and then his mom moved them away changed names giving him the name uh christopher smith uh so he wouldn't be associated uh he then got involved in the suicide squad and then they reverted his origins kind of more to being closer to the charlton one um so he he's kind of got an interesting thing. He's around every once in a while. He does stuff. He's on Suicide Squad. He shoots things. Um, yeah, that's pretty standard. Pretty standard stuff. I mean, it's he's you know a chrome-headed Punisher essentially that believes you know if I kill everybody, then that's what will be good. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of Peacemaker's origins, uh, Vigilante's origins. I kind of touched on a little bit ago, but he yeah. same similar thing of like again a Punisher-esque character. Um, and to be clear, I understand that Peacemaker did come before Punisher was in the comics, but I mean, like the anti-gun hero is the Punisher is your penultimate example of that type of thing. Uh, Vigilante, yeah. 
similar type thing. Parents our family died. He uh, was seeking revenge. He didn't get it. It was confusing and convoluted. Uh, I like this pun. I like this vigilante. He's in that we have in the show here just because he's just like, oh, well, here I go killing again. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I think is interesting is White Dragon. Um, in the comics, White Dragon is played by uh, played by is is two three people. Um, it's kind of unclear. Mm. His first introduction is uh, as a like alt right um, white supremacist character that goes around and is like raising money but he's not actually the white dragon he's um uh, another character uh from fiction and i forget the name that he yeah, shoot he's like an american uh fictional character uh from our history and so he like kind of goes after that and then he eventually gets like captured by the suicide squad mm-hmm. um and it get, they get into a really convoluted thing where like essentially they like force him to do like a William tell type thing with bullseye um, who's dressed up as his fictional superhero character and the fictional, then they like do time travel to make him this. It's a, it's very dumb. Um, and then <laughs> they reveal him to be a, uh, like a Nazi. Um, then there's a, <laughs> uh, another is like the Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard at some point, and he is in a Hawkman and Hawk Woman uh, comic where he essentially points out by using very flawed logic that just because he, um, they were like, well, you just you you like you're prejudiced against um, people of color, and he goes, no, look at our prison system. There's more people of color in there, so of course the people I'm capturing are of like have a higher percentage of colored people um, which is which is you know a self it's bad logic um and so they eventually like get him out of his armor which is what we see in the show uh for that iteration and he uh turns out not to be powered by the armor he just has metahuman powers when he's confronted by wonder woman or not uh, wonder woman uh hawk hawk girl hawk woman um, and he then yeah. beats her up. And then the kind of weirder thing is that he, so he, he co- keeps coming back or a version of white dragon keeps coming back. And every once in a while, he shows up riding a white dragon as like a mount um, with <laughs> no explanation. He still has like the suit of armor and powers, but he gets a white dragon that he rides around on and no one ever explains it. And it's like two or three times it shows up and then it just is just gone. And Yeah. So that's kind of fun and dumb. <laughs> and yeah, I think the depiction they have in the show is pretty, pretty solid. It makes me do, it does really kind of show you um, the characters, pretty solid origins of the white dragon of being some sort of neo-Nazi esque uh, super villain that believes that they are, they should just purify the world in that way. Um, I like in the show that they put on essentially pillowcases <laughs> to like make it look yeah. like they have horns but it also makes them look really stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I just kept thinking of Django Unchained when the <laughs> KKK guys are going out to, to do some KKK stuff. And did anyone bring any extra bags? No, no one brought any extra bags. 
Um, oh, th- that also reminds me, just because I like making fun of this character because it's so stupid. Uh, he, he at one point um, joins this team called the Fourth Reich, or it might be the Fifth Reich. Uh, I can't remember. But essentially, they're just a bunch of like neo neo Nazis as well as actual Nazi characters um, with like just really terrible names. There's one that's like uh, Captain Captain Nazi, Captain Swastika, Captain. Like, there's like terrible naming conventions. Uh, they kill the Justice Society. Um, they take over the world, and then through via some timely wimbly wimbly wombly stuff. Uh, the justice justice society takes them out before they can do it and they win. And I think that's one of the times he has his dragon. So he's a dumb <laughs> character and deserves to be treated terribly because uh, he stands for bad things. So, yeah. Uh, that's funny, man. Um, <laughs> I like that. He just shows up on a drag. <laughs> no, like, literally, <laughs> I did a bunch of research on it because I was curious and a bunch of people pointed out he just has a dragon sometimes. There's no explanation. He has a fl- he, he has a suit that lets him fly, but he shows up on a giant white dragon. Yeah. That's hilarious and the most comic book thing ever. Yeah. Um, I also, so my point that I didn't follow up on from earlier is that I think it's funny that John Cena and Robert Patrick were in a horrible movie together and then we're like, oh yeah, cool man I'm I'm looking forward to working with you again this won't be as terrible as last time (laughs) (laughs) at least WWE is not doing it so (laughs) very true well, anything else from the comic lore? no, I mean, not really Um, I, I can't, I cannot confirm nor deny if uh, Aquaman sleeps with fishes based on comic books. Um. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's Jason Momoa. So maybe a mermaid. Maybe. I don't know. Does that, does that count? Those, uh, I don't know what country he was in, but those people that were sniff, sniffing his sweater in the, the Snyder cut were weird. Uh, <laughs> them to some crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably something that could and maybe has happened to him in real life. So you, oh. you never know. But you uh, never know. Yeah, I, I can't confirm or deny either. Maybe we'll see in the sequel, though I certainly hope not. But all, all bets are off. All bets are off. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. I appreciate the insight as always. Um, I might pick up a Peacemaker comic at some point, although I certainly might not because i just i don't get to many other dc characters if it doesn't involve batman but we'll see yeah, never say never very true never say never um yeah and i would recommend one uh but i can't seem i had that pulled up i thought uh, i'll put it in the description of the episode and <laughs> if you're interested in reading a peacemaker comic yeah so, well, I well, would say I I think we did it, man. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with season two. Um, I don't know if they're doing another Suicide Squad or not. I would assume he'd be involved if they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of the, the best slash most reliable thing they have going for them right now that at least in terms of 
characters in their extended universe. So I think Cena's probably not going to be looking for more or hurting for work anytime soon if if he wants to keep doing this. So yeah, and okay, and I found the the recommendations that I had. Um, yeah. and this is directly off. I just was watching, um, uh, Valorant comics, uh, video on this and to help me do, to, to point me in the right direction. So total props to them for this. Um, but the ones they recommend are, if you really want to dive deep, you can try to find the, the original comic book that he, uh, showed up in with, which was, uh, the fright, uh, fighting five fighting five. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was his original debut with the whole origin story. There was his uh, miniseries, a four-part miniseries, Peacemaker, in the 80s um, by DC. And then the most recent one he's been in that's kind of actually interestingly reverted his origins back to uh, being a diplomat opposed to a son of a Nazi, um, which is uh, Suicide Squad Infinite Frontier um, 1 is the first one. So they're apparently doing yeah. something in Arkham... And there's the Court of Owls. So, yeah. 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 So much to read. Between <laughs> comics and anime, dude. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to be playing catch-up probably for the rest of my life. But Yep. And they're only keep, they only keep adding more. Always uh, more. More, more, more. Right. At least we'll always have stuff to talk about for the That's show. That's true. Not, never run out of subjects. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you ready to wrap it up here? Yeah, dude. I'm good. I, I enjoyed it. I was surprised, again, how much I had fun with this. And I was surprised the wife was happy to watch all the way through as well. Because I certainly was expecting the, this to be a solo venture. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to Hit The Real, uh, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, if we got something wrong, if I was wrong in my comic book knowledge, or if you uh, think the Peacemaker um, soundtrack is horrible, you're wrong. Uh, but if you think it's horrible, feel free to let us know at uh, hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And like always, hey, Keep it real.